Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 10. Today, I am hanging out with one incredibly inspiring lady, Laura Casey. Laura will be leading us through goal setting for people who hate goal setting, and she will share her best tips in how to set goals that you'll tackle in the new year. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger Podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash gold digger to get started and get your life back today. Hey, Gold Diggers, welcome to this episode. I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Laura Casey. Laura is a leader in so many industries. I asked her, I'm like, how do I sum you up? Because you're (laughs) unsumable. But she is just an incredible mother. She is an author of the Make It Happen book. She's a creator of the Power Sheets. She runs workshops and conferences. She's a speaker. I mean, there's a million things. But most of all, she is one of the most intentional, heartfelt people I've ever experienced. And so today, my friends, you are in for a treat. So Laura, welcome. Thank you. I am really grateful to be here. (laughs) Oh, well, trust me, people are going to freak out when they hear that you're on this. So tell us a little bit about you. And for those of the people who don't know you, which I'll be shocked by, give them a little synopsis of who Laura Casey is. Yeah. So about 10 years ago, started a blog. And this was back before blogs were a thing. Like if you said, 
you started to blog to someone, they would say blob, like <laughs> blob the movie. And it's funny because it really wasn't that long ago, like in the grand scheme of things, but so much has changed in the online world. So back then I started a little wedding blog and I had been interested in weddings in the wedding industry. I was a wedding planner at the time. And my husband was deployed to Iraq in, I guess it was 2006, shortly after we got married. And during his deployment, I really needed something to keep my mind off of bomb threats. I mean, it was like the height of the Iraq war or, you know, names of fallen soldiers on the bottom of the screen every day. It was a scary time. And I lived in this small town of Pensacola, Florida. If anybody knows where that is, it's a tiny little town. And I, as a wedding planner, felt like there needed to be inspiration for couples that wasn't just about stuffed chicken and tool at your wedding. You know, and there's nothing wrong with those things. I do love myself some good stuffed chicken, but it really wasn't the inspiration that people were getting at the time wasn't rooted in their authentic love story. So one night, really late at night while my husband was deployed, I just thought, well, I'll just mock up a wedding magazine cover and that could be fun. Right. But I had no experience. I have a degree in music theater, so I don't have a degree in journalism or anything, (laughs) but I did have a desire to instill hope in people in a time that felt hopeless. That sounds very grand, but that's what I felt at the time. It just felt like somebody needed to do something good to help people. So that's what I did. I mocked up a wedding magazine cover on Microsoft Publisher. So for those of you that are listening who are design folks, you know that that's like the equivalent of craft mac and cheese to a five-star chef. So, (laughs) And then from there, it really snowballed. So I started the magazine. The blog really took off. I started to grow a business out of it. We put our first issue out on newsstands, which was a total miracle. And then from there, I started doing a workshop called Making Things Happen to try to help other business owners use their gifts and talents and do something with them and to go after big dreams and do more and be more. And then the I think the biggest pivot in my story was crashing and burning because I was doing more and trying to be more and running myself into the ground at the expense of my marriage and my sanity and my health and working 24 seven just to try to make it. Because I thought that's what you had to do. I thought that's what you had to do to be successful. Mm -hmm. And I learned that that is just a lie. You don't. So my life started to change after that. After I hit rock bottom, I started to question the way I was doing everything. Like, could I possibly not work seven days a week? What would that look like? And little by little over time, I started to build more boundaries in my business and my life and really start to give my attention to my husband more and to the things that really mattered and lasted, things changed. So from there, long story short is now I have a team of eight women that work alongside me. Southern Weddings is about to turn 10 years old through all of this and through learning how to uncover meaningful goals that don't call you to do more or be more than you were created to be. I created the Power Sheets, which is an intentional goal uncovering system. And I wrote the book, Make It Happen out of that too. So that's sort of like the short, long version of my story. (laughs) And I am a mom of three too. Yeah, just throw that one in there, you know, see what happens. Yep. (laughs) I love that so much. And I think that something I've struggled with, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, is that a lot of times when I go to different workshops or I'm asked to speak, so many of us have this story in our businesses where we have worked ourselves to burnout, and then Mm -hmm. we have come back and 
made decisions and really prioritized and be more intentional. And we've figured out like, this is not what life is about. And one thing that I struggle with when I listen to people take the stage and share that part of their story, because it's such a huge part of our stories, but I feel like we are setting up the next generation to believe that they have to work to hit that point mm-hmm. and then they'll figure it out. So what would you say about that in terms of like, I mean, what kind of advice would you give to people to mm-hmm. do that? Because I don't know how to lead that conversation and say, you don't have to make that mistake. What would you yeah. say? Well, a couple things. One is I've learned, especially in this last year, our family rapidly expanded. We welcomed our son, Joshua. And then six months later, God told us to open our home and our hearts to adopting a baby. And so our lives just sort of went haywire. As you can imagine, you know, obviously like the sleepless nights and all that, but it was just very emotionally taxing. And especially since I was still running a business in my home. And it caused me to realize that all of us go through different seasons where burnout is sort of inevitable because of life changes. Maybe it is adding a baby to your family. Maybe it's growing a business or a life change or an illness for someone in your family, whatever it is. There are going to be times when you are going to be called to shift your priorities. And if you don't shift, that's when burnout happens. Mm -hmm. And so if it is, you know, being a new business owner, or maybe you have an idea or a project you want to start, in order to make room for that, you're going to have to give something up. And I think that's the hard part and kind of the struggle that I went through as a young business owner is feeling like I could keep everything growing at the same time. And I think that I'm seeing nowadays younger businesses, when I say young, I don't mean your age, it's just whatever you know stage you're in business being more wise about that. They're learning that we were created for seasons. We were created for like a rhythm that we even see like in life all around us. Like we go through spring, which is a season of growth outside my garden. We go through summer, which is like a season of work. Then we have the fall, which is a season of harvesting and like doing that hard work of the harvest. And then we have winter. A lot of us want to skip the winter. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. cold. I know where you live, Jenna, it's cold. (laughs) But we so often want to skip the rest part. So my advice is that if you're in, maybe it's you're in the beginning stages of starting something new, or maybe you are at that point of burnout is that know that you were created for seasons. And in order to grow something good, you're going to need that season of rest. Now that could apply to maybe it's in your day. You also need this rhythm of rest and hard work. We can't work 24 hours in a day. I read recently the statistic that our brains can only function fully for four hours a day. Oh my goodness. And we need that rhythm in our weeks. We need the rhythm in our months. So being intentional about carving out real rest time. And when I say rest time, I don't mean like running errands or doing something, but really like refueling yourself. So if I could go back and tell myself what to do is that good things grow over time. The overnight success does not last. And that a little by little really adds up. I love that. And I think I can totally relate to that. And I also think too, the internet has a really good way of making us maybe even sometimes seem busier than we are and giving that glorification to being busy. 
Mm-hmm. And I loved even right before we hopped on, I was like, how are you? Are you busy? And you're like, well, yeah, I'm busy, but you know, everything is kind of winding down. And I definitely am somebody that takes that winter rest time. And my idea of resting isn't necessarily like hanging out on the couch and watching the Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls. It's just focusing on something different and giving myself a chance to use my brain in a different way. And to me, even resting is just working from home after yes. being gone so much. It's like I literally blocked off three months of zero travel, like zero flights. So it's so interesting because I do consider myself a hibernator, especially in the Wisconsin winters. Yes, um, but understandable. Oh my gosh. But it's so funny because I don't take any weddings past daylight savings time in order to free that part up of my schedule. And I just yearn for that quote rest, even mm-hmm. though it's just a different kind of work and it's way more leisurely. So I love mm-hmm. that. And I love the analogy of the seasons. I think of that so often in life, whether you're dealing with grief or change or mm-hmm. anxiety, you know, I just tell myself like this won't last forever. This is just a season. And I think that always provides a little bit of peace. Yeah. And I think what's hard, like you're in the thick of mm-hmm. it is to see that it's just a season that it mm-hmm. will not last mm-hmm. forever. And that everything, especially if you're in a hard season, has something really good to teach you. Again, you may like fight at that idea because I did coming out of like really the hardest season of my life in the early part of this year. Mm -hmm. But also just realizing like on a like productivity level, there is no way for us to function well as creatives, as mothers, as wives, as daughters, as friends, if we are spread thin. Mm -hmm. So that to me was a big light bulb in that first time of, you know, my business growing for the first time when I had just started it was I took a Sunday off, which I'd never done before at the time, which was like pulling teeth. I had to like, I had a Blackberry at the time, you know, the flashing red light of death. And (laughs) I had to take the battery out of the Blackberry, which was rather symbolic because that's what I had to do to slow myself down. I had to stick my laptop in the drawer. I had to like, for me, put the Bible out on my desk. So that I would focus on something different. And then I realized how much more productive I was because I took that time. So I know a lot of you that are listening, you might be thinking, well, that sounds great for you guys, but you know, how do I take that time off? But you really have to think about how much more productive you will be because of taking that time out. I love that. So, I mean, I feel I'm so with you. And I think that one of the hardest things that I see so many entrepreneurs go for is that hustle and in wrapping up their worth in numbers, whether it's followers or numbers of weddings or, you know, income and stuff. So talk a little bit about that, because I know you have Mm -hmm. such a fresh perspective on just your sense of worth and where that should come from and how to pull yourself out of some of that mess that we can often get sucked in, especially as entrepreneurs that work from home and we might not get that social interaction that other people get at their jobs every day. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. I think that definitely, I mean, through the Making Things Happen conference, I've heard from thousands of women that one of their biggest challenges is feeling isolated and feeling like you're the only one. And let me just tell you, You are not the only one to anyone in any business situation. I promise you, you're not the only one because I've certainly felt that and then realized otherwise. But as far as not getting caught up in numbers, obviously making money is essential. Like we wouldn't do business necessarily if we didn't feel like we would be able to provide something for our families and for our, you know, livelihood if we you know, weren't able to make money on it. So making money is important. It's not the enemy, but where we have found the greatest profit is not just looking at the numbers and dollar signs, but first looking at what we call the profit of people, 
when you're focusing on in whatever business you're in, planting seeds in people's life that hopefully will grow into something that lasts a lot longer than you, it not only fuels you to do your work, but people get it. Like they can tell if you're genuine or not. And it's like, so obviously very easy to read online. I'm sure that anybody that's listening, you know, when you've heard people say things that you feel like you're just trying to sell you on something. And I'm sure I've said some things like that. And it's because I believe in my products and I do want to sell you them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when we get caught up in social media numbers over being social with people, when we get caught up in the profit of dollar signs over the profit of people is when we start to lose sight of things. And in that type of way, we're just making money for money's sake. And it doesn't really matter because really, if you have one person, I'll be more generous. If you have 10 people following you (laughs) on Instagram, imagine all those people in a room with you. 10 people is a lot of people in my house. And just imagine those people as hearts that you have been given to affect. Those numbers start to sound a little bit more meaty, don't they? And I'll tell you on the flip side of that, like, I don't know how many followers I have on social media right now, but when you get up into the higher numbers of followers, sometimes it can make you lose sight of the individual connections. There's not one way that's bad or good. It's just wherever you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. And whatever you've been given is something that you're supposed to shepherd. Well, it doesn't matter if it's 10 people or 10,000 people, you got to keep sight on what matters. And that is that even influencing one person's life makes a difference kind of sounds cheesy to say, but it's true for me in writing my book, the make it happen book. That was my goal. I just thought if I could just help one person, I will have done my job. I love that. And I mean, not to take us to church, but Jesus had 12 disciples and look at what they did. (laughs) You know, I mean, let's be honest, like we get so caught up. I mean, I, when I started my business, we were in a village of 2000 people. And so when you look at followers and say, how many villages would that be of people? Mm. And to imagine that you're showing up in those lives daily and you can choose how you show up and what you serve, like what a blessing, you know, it's, it's it's insane. And I mean, I always give kind of like what you were saying, imagine those people in your home, like when we're out there striving to get more followers, it's like we're hosting a dinner party and all of our guests are sitting at our table waiting to be served. And we're out on the streets running around trying to yell, follow me, follow me, come Mm -hmm. to my dinner party. And people might not even be interested in you or what you have to serve. So why don't we just focus on serving the people who are already showing up? You know, Mm -hmm. they'll bring friends if you're doing a good job. So Yeah. I mean, just like you said, I mean, Jesus himself, he had two feet, probably a rickety pair of sandals and he had one-to-one relationships and he changed all of history. So that I think is a call to us that you have influence right where you are. It does not matter how many numbers you have and do not wait. Um, I say that very passionately because I know that there are people out there hear this often that struggle with feeling like their voice does not matter because they aren't enough. They don't have enough. They're not good enough, whatever it is, your voice matters. Like you were given a voice for a reason. And maybe, maybe it is just to affect what you perceive as a small amount of people. A lot of people sometimes say to me, if they're moms, well, I'm just a mom. There's no reason to ever say that you're not just a mom. Like you have profound influence with the people that you've been given to care for. Mm -hmm. I love that. So let's move on. It's a new year. We are all about goal setting. And guys, I have to just put in a plug 
totally not paid. Laura sent me the power sheets and I am a hesitant goal setter. And this is embarrassing (laughs) to admit because I teach goal setting in every single one of my courses because I know and understand the power. Yet I will be the first to admit that sometimes I talk more about goal setting than I actually set goals. (laughs) And so I'm so excited because Laura's like, uh, this is like the goal setting episode for people who don't like goal setting, which I think is absolutely on point. So the power sheets are something that I am putting into my life. My assistant ordered them as well so that we are going through them together. That's awesome. And yeah, so give us some tips. Like if you were just going to lay it out there in terms of goal setting, especially in a new year and as a business owner and a mother and a wife and a leader, what kind of things would you tell us? So I'm quite similar to you, Jenna. Like I think people assume that because I have this really popular goal setting planner that (laughs) I'm really just innately good at it. And the truth is I'm not. The reason I have studied and talked about and really focused on it in my life is because it's not something that comes naturally to me. And several years ago, I remember my friend, Natalie Norton, who's an awesome photographer and great friend. She said to me once, she said, Laura, because I, I felt very hesitant about setting goals. And she said, Laura, you need to set goals. Like, just give it a try. And I remember telling her that I just felt like, well, I didn't want to commit to that. I didn't want to like set a goal. And then God changed my plans, lots of things. But let me just tell you the truth. Now that I have gone through many seasons of setting goals and learning more about it is that sometimes when we say that we're not good at goal setting or we're hesitant about it, it's that we are hesitant to commit to something out of fear. That might be a fear that we will not be able to achieve whatever it is we're setting out to do, a fear that we will not have the energy to do it, a fear that goal will call us to a higher responsibility that we don't think we're going to be able to handle. And there's a a quote that I often see put out online that says she believed she could. And so she did. There's nothing wrong with those words, but For me, I've realized over the last few years and specifically in this last year is that it's more that she believes she couldn't. And so God did. Mm. And having said that, I mean, the power sheets, no matter your faith background or whatever, they're really not a faith-based product. But for me, that's where I, all my goals come from. And The other thing is that if you're not setting meaningful goals, it means that perhaps you're not stewarding what you've been given well, because that's what goals are. Good goals are not about doing more or being more. It's about cultivating what matters right where you are, right in the place where you are. And that might mean in a place of like tension with new kids or a new business or whatever it is. I'm very much in the same boat. And I've learned over the years that when I have goals, it helps to give me a direction. And most of all, it helps me to know what not to focus on. So goal setting for people who hate goal setting, it's totally me. (laughs) My first tip is your goals have to come from a place that matters to you. So I used to be a personal trainer in a past life, and this was long before weddings. And I was a trainer in New York City. And Lots of clients would come to me and they'd say, Laura, I want to lose 20 pounds because that's what I weighed in college, or I want to fit into my skinny jeans or whatever the goal is. And those goals, I mean, I've, Jenna, you've been such a great champion for people with body image and all kinds of great stuff and really like loving who you are. But those goals are so self-defeating. Like that Mm -hmm. does not motivate anyone to say, I want to get into my skinny jeans again. Those are goals that are born out of guilt instead Mm -hmm. of out of grace and goodness. So instead of, I had one uh, male client in particular who said, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds because that's what I weighed in college. We dug a little deeper and that's what I would encourage you to do. If you're someone that does not like goals, 
dig a little deeper. Why is it that that gentleman wanted to get in shape? And it turns out that he wanted to live long enough to be able to walk his daughter down the aisle. Mm. Now that's motivating. It gives me chills to tell you that because Mm -hmm. after that, everything changed for him. Like, of course he was going to get up and exercise. Of course he was going to make better food choices because that is a goal worth going after. I mean, I love the name of your podcast, Gold Digger. That's what you do is you have to uncover the goals that are already there. It's not about doing something outside of your realm. So the first tip is you have to have a good why. Why in the world do you want to make whatever it is happen that you have on your list or on your heart? Number two is to edit that stuff that maybe those things shouldn't be on your list. I think that almost 90% of the time, and that's a big number, but 90% of the time I have heard people say that they set arbitrary goals or resolutions because they were comparing themselves to someone else or it just sounded good because that's what everybody else was doing. Like, oh, everybody else is doing this. Maybe I should be doing this instead of really looking at your own life and your own unique assignment on this earth and your own unique fingerprint. So that's tip number two is that edit those things. Maybe the things that you feel like have to get done don't actually have to get done. Number three for me is that you have to look at the big picture. So I always ask this question and I'll ask this to you that are listening is where do you want to be when you're 80 years old? Or if, you know, the picture of you when you're 80 is not your favorite picture, then really just look at the picture picture. Where do you want to be at the end of your days? When you look back on your life, what will have mattered to you and what will have not mattered to you? And, you know, when I ask this question again of like thousands of women all over the world, most of the time their answer for what will not matter to them includes things like Facebook. Facebook's not going to matter to them when they're mm-hmm. 80 years old. It's not that Facebook's bad. You know, there's there's some good things about Facebook, but in general, people do waste a lot of time on it. So then if that's true, why are you spending your time on that now? These are hard questions to ask yourself, but they're fruitful questions. And for me, that question of looking at the big picture of where I want to be when I'm 80 years old, that snaps me right back into place. Like, okay, if that's where I want to be when I'm 80 years old, then why am I focusing on some of these things I have on my list now? That helps me to simplify. And I'd say another thing is that you have to be willing to look at the things that are not going well. So if you're coming up to the end of this year, the first place I would say to start is to learn from the past. Look back at even this, just this calendar year and learn from the lessons, learn from the good things too. But a lot of the time, I think we we're so focused on forward motion, right? Like we just want to move forward and go on to the next goals and push on and forget the past. But the past has very valuable things to teach us. So I'll give you an example from my life. But like this year with us adding two babies to our house was really hard as a business owner. I felt emotionally incapable of leading this team. And that was hard. But there were really good things that came out of it. Like changes in our business. We changed our company name. We created whole new products out of this because we learned so much from that season. So the lessons we learned from the hard things propel us forward into what's next. I love all of that so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There's a million things that came to mind as you were saying all that. 
I know like for me setting goals sometimes it's almost like when you have a to-do list and you want to write down a few things that you can cross off right away because they're already done yes (laughs) so you're like okay (laughs) if I just write a few things that I already did like five minutes ago I'll feel like I've accomplished something and so for me I've really challenged myself to not just set goals in my business and your power sheets do such an awesome job of this but to set goals in my personal life and in my Mm -hmm. faith walk and in my marriage. And I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we have our head down so deep in our business that we forget about all of the things we did before we started our business. And so it's such an encourager. I know two years ago, I actually did a goal setting exercise and I still remember the things I wrote down and it was like more intentional time with my family and me, my mom and my Mm -hmm. sister went to Europe. And then that became an annual thing and things like that where you see the fruits of just taking a moment to say what do I want Mm -hmm. and I think too it makes it so much easier to think of the action behind it when that goal is written down because we all have goals and we could probably list them off at the top of our head but when you write it down and then you say well what three things do I need to do in order to even start moving that way like Mm -hmm. that is so powerful because I think a lot of times people will be like kind of what you said like I want to make six figures well why how are you going to serve the world or your family better. How is that going to change your life? And in one of the previous episodes, I was talking with Mary Morantz and I said, I'm like, I remember the day that I made six figures and I remember standing in the shower and nothing was different. Yeah. I didn't feel different. My life didn't look different. My business wasn't different. And so, you know, it is all about like, what is going to give you a life that feels good and not just looks good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, what are you growing now that's going to last longer than you? Mm-hmm. Because we can't take any of this stuff to heaven with us, like right. dollars, stuff, social media numbers, nothing. But it's not to say that those things don't matter. The money that we make can be used to plant good seeds in people's lives. Like mm-hmm. the social media usage can be purposeful to help people. Our stuff can be used in ways that propel us forward into good direction. So it's not like those things don't matter, but how are we using those things? Yeah. And I love what you said too. It just made me think too, that I think another tip, if you will, is that your goals don't have to be forever. Like there's so much grace and freedom that I've learned in looking at the seasons and what they teach us. And your goals might just be for a season. Like maybe that thing you're working on or the project or whatever it is will only be for a couple months and then you can reevaluate and move forward. Like that's one thing we do in the power sheets intentionally is have a goal refresh every three months. Because for me, the thought of setting a goal for an entire year frame sounds daunting because it is, it should be daunting because we were, I mean, I can imagine for you, Jenna, like over this last year, you've grown and changed so much. Like, can you imagine working on the same goals for a whole year? No, no. Half Um, of them weren't even on my radar at the beginning of the year, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So we were meant to grow and change. So if you feel pressure about goals and you hate goal setting, then you can do this differently. This can be about direction, not about locking yourself in stone. And you have permission to change your mind. And also if you come up to a point where you're like, well, okay, I set these goals at the beginning of the year and it looks like I didn't really focus on that goal. Maybe, maybe you've grown past that goal. Maybe it's time for that system or project to be closed. You know, maybe it's just something that really doesn't matter to you. Like we talked about with trying to lose 20 pounds because Mm -hmm. that sounds good, you know? So there's freedom in that. I love that. And I also think too, 
when it comes to goals, it's not a success or a failure. I love to look at everything mm-hmm. in life and business as an experiment. And when you change that from, you know, judging it either black or white and just look at it as a gray area in the sense of, did this work? Did it not work? Why didn't mm-hmm. it work? Why could it have been better? Maybe it just wasn't right. And so I love in business when I can just approach things and say, hey, let's just try this out and see how it goes. And if it doesn't go, okay, that's not speaking about me or my integrity, or my brand, it's just saying, hey, this wasn't the right time, or this wasn't the right delivery. And so I always love to look at things as experiments, because it really takes that pressure off of being able to check something off of your list and saying, okay, it's done, I was successful, or okay, this didn't happen, I'm a failure, and say, well, maybe that just wasn't the right time, or message, or medium, or whatever Mm -hmm. that might look like. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. And again, that gives you such like freedom and grace to be able to take risks, to know Mm -hmm. that your goals don't have to be forever. And, you know, for me, just realizing that my worth is not my work. Mm -hmm. Like my, if if I lost my whole company and my job, I wouldn't lose my purpose. A woman who started a business making clothes for children who have Down syndrome because their body shapes are very different. Her niece, I think, has Down syndrome. And she said these words that really stuck with me. She said, my purpose doesn't go to work. It goes to love. Love that. Yeah. So no matter what circumstances change, focusing on the fact that your purpose isn't tied up in those things. Amen. And I love what you said too, that progress really adds up to, it's really about progress, not perfection. Yes. And I think too, I mean, and I think we can all relate and I would love to, to hear a little insight about writing a book. Cause that's insane. <laughs> yes, but I think too, we that. can often imagine, I mean, we're a lot of times creative entrepreneurs are very good at imagining. So we imagine what it's going to feel like to have something done. But a lot mm-hmm. of times we forget some of the feelings that we're going to have to go through while we're in progress. And yes. I made um, a little graphic that was like the life cycle of an entrepreneur. And it's like, I'm doing great. I suck. This this sucks. I'm terrible. Yes. <laughs> and then it's like, I'm doing great again. Like, and I feel like we go through that almost hourly, especially when we're creating something that's so heartfelt, that's so innate. And yeah. I think that a lot of times we judge ourselves for that because we know what the end result we want. We know how we want to feel when we reach that end result, but we forget about all of the seasons that happen in the production, in the creation, mm-hmm. when we're really doing the hard, heartfelt work. So talk a little bit. I mean, cause yeah. you have been writing and writing and writing. So what does that oh, look yeah. like for you? <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny you say that because I often think about how I'm a gardener. So we have a garden on the side of our house with vegetables and fruit and flowers and all kinds of stuff. And plants have a really awkward stage before they bloom. (laughs) Like for most of the life of a, an annual plant in my garden, like tomatoes are just awkward. They just don't know which way they're going to grow. And you know, they're always growing, even though you can't see it. And that's the thing It's the same with our lives. Like we are always growing, even when we can't see it. And we don't like awkward middles. We don't Mm -hmm. like the in-between, but it's the in-between and the sometimes awkward middles that add up to really meaningful things in our lives. You know, I think about Grace learning how to ride a bike, my daughter, Grace, she didn't just jump on that bike and then immediately 
was great at it. But what I love about watching a child learn to do something like that is that they have such spirit and determination that even when it gets frustrating, they keep going Mm -hmm. because she just wanted so badly to be able to fly on that bike. And she learned and she grew in the in-between and it added up. And it's the same with anything. I mean, look at plants outside. They go through a little by little process of growing. They don't just ripen overnight. Same with babies. Like you don't get pregnant and then the next day have a baby. I mean, that would be, can you imagine? Like your skin (laughs) would feel really awful. (laughs) So many things, but it is the same with our lives. Like for anyone listening, like for you, even Jenna, as a photographer, like you didn't just Mm -hmm. pick up a camera and know everything about Aperture the day you picked it up. No. You know, not even a Um, little bit, (laughs) not even a little bit. And so, but we operate in a way that we are saying the opposite of that. We think that we should be able to do that, but we miss something really good in that. So speaking of that, I have made some really imperfect progress writing a book about imperfect progress. I started writing my book Cultivate about two years ago in the season of grief after a miscarriage. And in this kind of season of waiting, we didn't know what God's plan was for our family. It was just a really hard time. But as is with all of those hard seasons, good things came out of it. And so I started writing this book and then God said, Hey, you're going to have a baby and adopt a baby within six months of each other. And so, so many life things happen. (laughs) And the direction of the book totally changed directions. I mean, it just became a different book because I became a different person. Mm -hmm. And I also think that, I mean, obviously I've learned so much from just that. Changing our company name happened because we changed. So if you're feeling restless in your business or your life or something doesn't feel like it fits, look at that. Like maybe it's because you outgrew it. So finally, this last Friday, I turned in my book manuscript after over two years of extended deadlines after extended deadlines and being told I had to start over completely halfway through it for lots of reasons. But now I look back and I am just so grateful. I still have to write like Mm -hmm. a study guide for it, but it is really out of my hands. And (laughs) I'm so proud of you. I mean, that is such an undertaking and... Also, I just, I think there's no one better, you know, how you're saying I am like the person I'm writing this book for in the Mm -hmm. sense of I struggle with the same things and stuff. I think that is where real connection happens. And I think, you know, in even in teaching and in speaking and in just leveling the playing field and saying that I am not on a pedestal. I'm just blessed with this platform, you know, and platform isn't even the right word either, because I feel like when we hear the word platform, it sounds like we're above, but we're not, Mm -hmm. we're not standing on top of people. We're standing among them. And I think that that's so cool to, you know, use the experiment of writing a book and seeing it evolve and change just as you have and not See, this could have been one of those goal things where you're like, here's what this is going to be about. And here's what it has to be about. And this is what I wrote down. Or it can say, hey, circumstances have changed. Things have changed. Let's take this full circle. This goal is still the same. The end result is still the same. The Mm in-between has changed. Yep, absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's just... I don't know if it's age or whatever it is, but (laughs) something over time, as you start to go through these like challenges in life and circumstances, and like we talked about in the very beginning together, these periods of almost inevitable overload, like Mm -hmm. times when something changes in life and it calls you to say, I have to re-examine how I'm spending my time, how I'm spending my heart. 
And you can't have, like, even in my garden, I can't have all my plants growing in one little square. Nothing will grow well. Like, it'll all be fruitless. And I've done that before. Planted too much in one space. And it's just a mirror to our lives that if we try to grow too much at once in one little space, nothing good is really going to grow. Right. So what are some goals for you for this new year? What are a few things that you have on your heart that you're willing to share? Because I think too, sometimes people are like, well, what do I write goals about? Like, yeah, what kind of things should I include? So I would love to hear a few of the things that you have on your docket for the new year. Yeah. So nobody really knows this yet, but I am moving into a season of stepping away in a lot of ways. Obviously I'll be releasing a book in 2017 in the summer, but I'll be passing the torch with Southern Weddings to give somebody else the editor-in-chief title. And that's been a long time coming. I mean, I've been rather uninvolved in that side of our company for a long time, but it's more so that I need to be able to pull back in order to spend more time with my family. And I'm also moving into, in the fall of 2017, going to homeschool Grace. And that's a humongous Aww, undertaking. And you go, I can't even believe I'm like saying that <laughs> because I am obviously so inexperienced, but I really feel like this is what God's told me to do. And like we've talked about, you don't have to be perfect to live a meaningful life and do the mm-hmm. things that you've been asked to do. So I can't grow all the things at once. And so like I just said, even like something had to be taken out and to allow everything to flourish. So that would be one of the goals is to transfer that torch gracefully and gratefully and just so excited for that. And just moving into a new season in that too. You know, I've had that company for 10 years and I'm just excited to see it take new wings. That's exciting. It's a big my change. Family. Yeah, it's well, it's weird. It's a big change like externally, but it's but been, been like this for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's really been like this internally for like the last two years. Yeah. Good um, for you. Yeah. So then the other goal is to figure out how I'm going to best shepherd Grace's heart. And of course, our other two kids once they get to school age. Those are the two big things on, on my goals for the year. I love that. And one thing I love about you and something that really inspires me about who you are is that I feel a kindred spiritness in the fact that we run very multifaceted businesses. We speak Mm -hmm. to many different audiences in many different ways. And I think that sometimes it's so important to acknowledge that you can't be everything to everyone And that you just have to serve where you're feeling most called to in the season. And, you know, it's so, it's been so interesting for me to just watch as things change. And I mean, things change so fast, but it's also just like, how can I serve and make the most impact while also being present in my life? And Mm -hmm. have you felt, and I'm sure you have, especially people I interview on this podcast, it's so many people that serve others so selflessly. And I'm just curious, how do you fill yourself up? What does that look like for you? And I'm sure you've gone through seasons where you find yourself, you're like, well, I'm depleted because you have so many roles and you are so many things to so many people. So what does that look like in terms for resting for yourself? Yeah, well, right now it looks like being very inactive online. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm just the kind of person where if I'm going to give my heart to something, I'm really going to do it and I want to honor it. And 
I've realized that over the last year, of course, with having babies and like different life things, there've been periods of time where I've pulled away from social media, but I realized how life giving that is for me. I mean, like you Mm -hmm. talked about how you hibernate in the winter and you know, you're kind of drawn inside to just work from home. I really Mm -hmm. thrive on solitude. And so I think that we've learned like a new rhythm. I work from home by the way. So, you know, some people don't know that, but my whole business is in our house. Mm -hmm. Like all my employees come to my house. And Mondays and Fridays, we have remote days where nobody's here. I've really thrived on those days. I think that that helps to refuel me and fill me back up on a week to week basis. But in the times where I have felt spread thin or stretched thin, it's prayer. And that sounds like a blanket cheesy answer, but it's not. It's like a real visceral thing in our lives. So especially in this last season where we went through like so much hardship with the two babies and both Ari, my husband and I felt anxiety and depression and just really at our end with Mm -hmm. so much that we were trying to survive in the middle of the mess. We would just grab hands and say, we just need to pray. We are not in control. We, we can't figure this out. So God, you're gonna have to figure this out for us. So to me, it is prayer has been the glue that has stuck us together to put it in God's hands instead of ours. That's amazing. I am like you as well. I actually feel more fueled when I'm alone. And sometimes the thought and it's I have to be careful because my favorite weeks on planet Earth are weeks that I have no appointments. I am from home. I can see people if I want to or I don't have to see anyone. And the most human interaction I have is with Drew or at the gym in the morning. And that's about it. And it's funny because Drew is going to be transitioning to working from home. And we're actually going to see a marriage counselor Uh, before we make this transition because we recognize that our styles are so different. And there's such a stigma around like marriage counseling where I'm like, we told some of our family members and they're like, are you guys okay? And I'm like, no, "No, we're actually great. Yeah. We want to stay great and we want to understand each other's boundaries and know how to provide for each other without being like, hi, what'd you eat for breakfast? Oh wait, I was with you. Oh wait, I was with you for lunch (laughs) and dinner. We had nothing to talk about, you know? Yep. So I think to, you know, just honoring that marriage and saying like, how can we support each other while still working towards our individual goals and working Mm -hmm. towards our goals as a couple and as a family, there's just a lot of goals in all of that. And that's the beauty of writing them down and really separating and segmenting and saying, you know, this is where I'm at during the day. And then I want to log off at 5 PM and make dinner Mm -hmm. and watch the voice or whatever that looks like, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. And really coming back to the source of where you get filled up. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there have been seasons in our lives where one thing works and then the next season, something else works. And the other thing I love, which kind of goes without saying, and I feel so fueled and fired up by being with my children. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that sounds silly to say, but I'm so grateful to work from home. I don't take that blessing for granted that I get to when I'm able to go downstairs and hug on them and love them. And that reminds me of why I was put on this earth in this current season of my life is to shepherd their hearts. And there's a great quote from Andy Stanley that says, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do with someone you raise. And that could apply not just to parents, but maybe it's not something you do, but person's life that you affect. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your friendships and your community. That stuff matters. 
I love that. Man, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I feel the same way. We're like kindred spirits in a lot I of ways. <laughs> such a trouble with these podcast interviews because I'm like, let's just keep it going. Like, <laughs> yeah, we can just, just grab an extra cup of coffee and everyone can just keep on listening. Um, but what a blessing. So, Laura, tell everyone what we're going to create for them just as a little exercise to work through, whether you download it now or you come back to it later. We just wanted to provide a little bit of insight into goal setting, especially for you non-goal setting people. Yeah. So um, we've put together a an ebook that has some of my most essential tips and helpful information on how to uncover good goals and then cultivate what matters little by little. That's amazing. And you can get that at golddiggerpodcast.com in the show notes. And we have freebies every single week so that we can just bless the people who are sharing them and also give you something tangible to work through. So Laura, where can everybody find you online? At lauracasey.com. That's my personal website and blog. And then also at cultivatewhatmatters.com. Cultivate What Matters, our new company name. Awesome. And if I could just tell people anything to take away from this, if you struggle with goal setting or if it's something on your heart for this new year, if you really just want to feel like you have clarity and direction, not just in your business, but in your personal lives, I would highly, highly recommend getting power sheets. There's just so much value in them. And it's fun too, because Laura is like, get messy on this page. Like it doesn't have to look good. And I'm like, just right. scribbling. And I bought cute models. Markers to try to make it pretty because I love to try to make everything pretty. But guys, running a business is not always pretty. And I think that there's so much beauty in knowing that and in, in clinging to that. And mm-hmm. so if you are just entering this new year and you're like, I have no direction or I think I have direction, but I'm not exactly committed to it. I would just so highly encourage you to set goals, no matter if you just jot them down on a piece of paper, or you take something like mm-hmm. the power sheets as a tool. Because we look at our lives and when we take what we want to do and we put words behind them and we tangibly write them down, I think there's just so much power in that. Don't you agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I totally agree that words have power. When we get them out in black and white, it actually, in our brains, changes our decision-making patterns. Like, there's Mm -hmm. science to this. It's not just... (laughs) (laughs) Woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> but when you put those words down on in black and white on paper or in hot pink and orange, like I like to do, then uh, it, it does influence your decisions. I love that. And so we both, I know I can speak for us both. We both just pray that this year is just filled with goals that are set to be accomplished and lives that are made to be present and I mean, just to go after them. That is exactly the premise of exactly what this podcast is. And Laura, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for just opening this new year with so much clarity and wisdom and insight. I'm so thankful to have gotten to chat with you. I am thankful for you. And thank you to everyone that is listening. Just super encouraged by all that you're doing, Jenna. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You gold-digging dream chaser, you.